Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by the great man himself, Mr. Scott Bartell and Craig Mueller. Guys, how's it going tonight? Meh. Fair, fair to middling. Fair, fair to middling. I mean, guys, this is like our what ninetieth podcast or something. So let's we can we can probably do better with that answer. But uh, we'll we'll roll with it for now. Um, I'll do Brewers better. Eddie, when uh, Brewers do better. How's that? <laughs> yeah, uh, we we can start with that. Uh, this is our our trade deadline episode, but we do have a. Uh, series since our last podcast here in Oakland unfortunately the Brewers go one and two in the series they do lose uh game three here today um five to three um so things did not go like we had hoped and anticipated in Oakland uh guys what's your quick take on the series that just ended against the A's um our dominant closer Josh Hader gave up two crucial game costing home runs otherwise it would have stopped the series I guess Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess normally that's not going to happen, especially in a park that doesn't uh, necessarily yield that many home runs. But um, what can you do? Yeah, and Josh, Josh has been a little bit more prone to the long ball this year than last year. We're, you know, we've seen him do this in a, in a few games. I guess. Are you guys concerned at all about Josh Hader, or is this just sort of a blip in the radar screen? And I guess the other question, should Craig Council have thrown Hader today knowing that he hasn't pitched three games in a row all season up to this point? I I personally think, like, it's not like he threw a heck of a lot of pitches in the first two games, so um, I'm pretty much fine with that, especially because, I mean, this is a team that really uh, desperately needs pretty much every win if they're going to try to stay alive and stay competitive in this division. But, yeah, mm-hmm. when you say um, – when you say that Josh Hader, uh, if it's a blip on the radar, the problem is every blip on his radar results in a home run. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of singles being hit. Yeah, so he gave up the, the home run today, um, which puts him at – he's given up 11 home runs on the year so far in 52 and a third innings worth of work. Last year he gave up – nine home runs and 81 and a third innings of work. Um, so he's definitely giving up the long ball at a, at a you know, greater clip. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Is, 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 is the rest of the league just kind of figuring him out at this point? Is it just kind of a, a weird trend? What do you contribute this to? I mean, I guess everyone's human. Blown saves happen and whatnot. And there's always a few, even with your ass closers. Um, so I'm not too concerned. Um, but I am concerned that I am concerned about the entire rest of the bullpen um, and the fact that we didn't significantly add to it uh, at the trade deadline. So, um, unfortunately, Josh Hare remains the only member of the Montgomery bullpen that I do trust in spite of uh, off series in Oakland. So, yeah, so that's it. Just to put this into perspective, um, 40% of all the hits that Josh Hader gives up leave the yard. And this is easily the most trustworthy person in our bullpen. So just let that let that sink in for a little bit. Yeah. 
feel like he doesn't give up very many hits, but yeah, that's not a good percentage. Right. His ERA is actually lower than last year, but yeah, it's it's it is an interesting trend. Um, Brewers have generally seems been more prone to give up the long ball this year than last as well. Um, overall, with the pitching staff, but. Um, Craig, you had a good segue here. You, you say we did not get any help uh, in the bullpen, so I think we know your take on the trades uh, that Brewers general manager David Stearns did make here at the deadline, but let's go over those. Um, we had talked about Jordan Lyles coming onto the team before, uh, during our last podcast. I think it had just happened at that point. Did we did we discuss that, guys? Very briefly. Um, if, if we did, we were very underwhelmed by it, I'm sure. I think we only discussed it. Yeah, maybe maybe we didn't actually uh, discuss it. So let's let's talk about that. That was the first one. It did not actually happen on deadline day. It happened the day before. Um, former Milwaukee Brewer Jordan Lyles is, is sent back to Milwaukee from the Pittsburgh Pirates, where he had started off this year. Um, traded traded by Pittsburgh to the Brewers for minor leaguer Cody Ponce. Uh, Jordan Lyles started off the year pretty strongly this year, actually, in the starting rotation for Pittsburgh. Um, but his last month and a half or so has, has been – pretty much a complete disaster. Um, overall, his numbers in Pittsburgh, he was 5-7. and seven. He had posted a 5.36 ERA, started in 17 games. Um, he has made one start now as a brewer yesterday. He actually had a, had a really good debut. Um, so we do have a little bit to go on now so far with his second tenure here in Milwaukee. Um, guys, what do we think about that move for, for Jordan Lyles? It's a familiar face. Um, we didn't give up anything. You know, no offense to Cody Ponce, but uh, I don't think he's going to be a future major leaguer. And if he is, that's great. Uh, he'll, he'll be with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But obviously, we had to do something to fill two massive holes in the rotation. And Jordan Lyles was essentially the not best, but uh, easiest accessible person to acquire in the so-called target bin that uh, David Stearns likes to dive into. And, and we knew we knew him. He, we acquired him last year also. And he did a fairly good job for us, even though we didn't uh, pick up his option or whatnot coming into this season. Um, he started off very well with the Pirates this year, the first couple months of the season. Since then, he's been uh, borderline horrific, but uh, he did. I guess now hindsight being 2020, he didn't uh, have a nice first start for the Brewers in Oakland, and I guess I trust him to pitch about five innings and not completely be terrible. Yeah, and his numbers last year as a Brewer should have pointed out right away. He was one and oh, 3.31 ERA last year for Milwaukee in 11 games, uh, all out of the bullpen. Um, Scotty, what do you think? Jordan Lyles, good pickup, bad pickup, neutral pickup. What are your thoughts? I mean, in that he's a warm body that can pitch in a, quote, rotation, I only say that because I think at the time we only had two starters left in the rotation, and you can't even call it a rotation then. But, um, yeah, I mean, having said that, uh, it's it's an underwhelming move. I mean, let's just put it this way. This isn't going to, like, put us over the top in any kind of a way. But – you know, something obviously had to be done, and that's what we decided to do. All right. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think 
I, I, I don't think it was a bad move just because, again, we needed a body. Uh, as you guys have said, we were kind of discussing on our show on Sunday who might come up. Um, and I think all of us were a little underwhelmed by the options uh, available to us. So certainly understand why, why it was done. And David Stearns has said that, you know, the injuries have definitely changed his approach here at the deadline where he, he was looking for quantity probably over quality. Um, you know, no, no offense to Jordan Lyles, but uh, it seems like Stearns followed through on, on the quantity aspect of, of things here at the deadline, um, which brings us to our next trade. Uh, so in kind of a little bit of a surprise move, there had been a little scuttlebutt ahead of time. Uh, the Brewers traded first baseman uh, Jesus Aguiar to the Tampa Bay Rays for uh, pitcher Jake Faria. Um, Jesus obviously had not started off the year like he had wanted to. He had had a pretty prolonged slump for the first two months of the year. He had seemed to come on a little bit more as of late, um, but still his batting average on the year overall with Milwaukee, 225. Um, OBP was 320. He had eight home runs, 34 RBIs. Um, it seen his role at first base kind of dwindle or splitting time with Eric Thames. Um, but he was an all-star last year. I mean, just, you know, in 2018, he had 35 home runs, 108 RBIs was a pretty vital cog in our, our offense. Um, what do you guys think of the trade with the Rays? Scotty? I, I guess I'll say also kind of underwhelmed with it. I mean, it's, I guess it's weird because if you would have said at the end of last season that we were going to trade Aguiar for for Jacob Free, I'd be like, um, I hope we get more than that. But um, his, his value just – any value that he had, he just completely wiped out um, with, you know, the, the way he had this season going. He was hot for the last, you know, month, six weeks. So – that's the only reason why we could pretty much get anything. Um, Faria, he's, I don't know, he's an okay pitcher, I guess. Fastball, mostly, uh, 92 to 94. Change up, occasional slider, nothing special. I think he had, uh, I, he gets a lot of uh, swings and misses, which I think is definitely something that, uh, well, Stern's value is probably more than most GMs. But um, he's definitely had his issues. Yeah, and should be pointed out too, uh, Faria has uh, – he only threw in seven games at the big league level in Tampa this year. Um, all of the bullpen posted a 2.70 ERA. He was a starter in 2017 and 2018 um, with the Rays. He had made uh, uh, 12 starts on the year last year, posted a 5.40 ERA, uh, 17 overall games, but 12 as a starter. So he's a guy that – you know, he's got some experience as both a starter and as a reliever. Um, Craig, what are your thoughts on on the trade with Tampa? Um, well, I don't know, three trades, and I know you're going to bring up the third one. Um, this is by far the one I like the most. Um, it's a little bit starting that our 2018 All-Star first baseman uh, that had a breakout year last year, unfortunately, uh, tanked his value so much that we had to trade him in such a deal. Um, Jake Feria, I, I'm a pretty big fan of him. I mean, he did have a nice mile track record. He came up in 2017, had a pretty nice rookie debut with the uh, Rays, and I really thought that he could be, you know, a really solid, like, number three-ish type starter. Uh, however, since that time, he had a little bit of a, you know, like Aguiar, um, a little bit of a falling back down to earth, uh, so to speak. And with the Rays and their um, kind of non-traditional bullpenning, now, I just don't think that he had a role 
that team anymore. So I think that they're readily willing to kind of move on from him. And apparently the Brewers were readily willing to move on from Jesus as well. Uh, and so it, it's like one of those really old school trades that kind of should help both teams in the long run. Both these guys are not rentals. They're cost-controlled. Uh, I guess the bonus of it is I think Ferry has cost-controlled one year more than AR. So, uh, and the Brewers had a lot of first base, uh, you know, DH types without a DH um, for this season at least. Um, and the Rays had plenty of former starting pitchers who they no longer, you know, use in that role and set for the position under like middle bullpen or whatever they, they did. And I, I think uh, Jake would uh, definitely benefit from being stretched back out and made back in a professional starter in my mind, or at least um, hopefully that's the first plan for him going forward. Cause I think we need that depth there. Um, and of course you were sent to triple A to start off after the acquisition. So my belief is that that's yeah. what they'll do, but I guess we'll never know. Until, until he actually starts pitching. But, yeah, I, I mean, I did actually like – I like Dick Ferrier. I kind of sad to see Jesus Agar go. I mean, he really did start to pick it up in the last month. And I do think, without a doubt, this actually weakens our team for this season. But it's at a trade deadline. It's a team that's a game or two out of first place in the wild card. Uh, it's not generally uh, something you'd want your GM to do. But I think this is actually more of a – sellers move almost but like i said it is something to help all teams and i was happy with this trade overall and, and you know best wishes to jesus but i, I think we needed the, the arm so yeah fair fair enough i mean craig i think you and i kind of do this a little similarly i i don't know that i would have done this trade though i the only reason that you would is just because of the absolutely desperate condition of our pitching staff so i I do get why that happens, but I really think that losing Jesus is going to be a blow to our offense. Um, so I'm a little concerned that we haven't really um, talked about that as much. And I, I, I know that we desperately need pitching, but we have to really hope that the guys can, you know, step up uh, offensively as well. And like I said, I think this is more of a buyer's move for the Rays, who are more solidly in a potential playoff spot than Brewers, uh, it seems. And, and more so of a seller's move for the Brewers because uh, I think that they're looking at uh, Jake Perry as a long-term piece starting either this September or next year because they did ask him directly to the minor leagues. And he is a mid-league-ready arm. He's already, I believe, 26. So, um, and he's had some of your experience. So there's no reason they would have sent him to triple A outside of maybe stretching him out back to a starter. Um and so hopefully you can contribute until this year. So, again, it's one of those trades I think it actually starts a couple of teams, but I do feel overall that Jesus Agard has a slightly more trade value in my mind than Jake Ferry. So you hate to, you know, have, have a trade where we don't get fair value, but I think it's close enough. And I, I think, again, starting pitcher in the arm is something we needed more at this time. So, um, not, yeah, I, I did like the trade. Okay, well, fair enough. And uh, I guess we'll get right away then to the to the third trade. And I think this is probably the most controversial amongst most Brewer fans. But uh, the Brewers made a trade sending their number four uh, ranked prospect, Mauricio Dubon, to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Dubon had uh, had a brief cup of coffee up with the Brewers earlier in the month. Uh, I think just two at bats. 
Uh, but Dubon traded to the Giants for Drew Pomeranz, a uh, veteran uh, pitcher, and uh, Ray Black, another pitcher as well. And uh, Black has already been assigned to AAA San Antonio. Pomeranz has been assigned to the big league roster. Um, Scott, why don't you start? What do you think about this trade? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it really – like, I just look at Drew Pomerantz and I see what he was for, I don't know, um, I mean, he, he was briefly a very dominant pitcher, actually. And so you kind of just hope that he's able to kind of get back to that a little bit. But uh, as of late, he has not been uh, uh, the high-quality pitcher that he once was, unfortunately. So, uh, But, you know, maybe we'll be able to work some magic. But I think really the, the trade kind of hinges on that, uh, just to see if we, if we can help him turn things around. Yeah. Craig, what are your thoughts? Um, well. I guess I'll start by saying um, I did not like the return. The guys coming to our team, I don't think were worth acquiring. But uh, I do think that Brewer fans overall were probably overrating their prospect, or he said Debon a little bit. He really does, to me, profile as um, potentially a starting, starting second baseman or shortstop at the major league level, but more than likely a utility player along the lines of Hernan Perez, um, you know, who the Brewers moved on from as a long-term career tracker. You never know. I mean, he has hit very well the last two seasons in the upper minors. So there's a good chance he could be a MLB regular. And those aren't the type of guys you want to give up in a trade like this because Drew Pomeranz, you know, no one wanted to sign him, including the Brewers this offseason, after he had a really terrible year with the Red Sox last year. I mean, two years ago, he actually won 17 games, I believe, and put up a pretty solid season. And for the left-hander, who's, I think, 29 right now, um, it's, you know, he has some promising, um, he has some promise to bounce back to that type of season. But, you know, no team other than, like, the Giants wanted him, and he couldn't even stick in the rotation this year. So he really kind of flamed out for them and they moved into the bullpen. He did fairly well. And, uh, you know, but if you look at another guy that was rumored to be traded at the deadline that everyone supposedly was hot after a guy like Zach Wheeler, now he's right-handed about the same age as Drew Pomeranz with a little bit better track record. But in my opinion, talent wise, he's probably about the same on par with Zach Wheeler. And I'm sure it would have taken a lot more prospects than just, um, Mauricio Debon to land Zach Wheeler, and that's why he didn't get moved. But I'm not sure what the Mets are doing exactly. But uh, anyway, they didn't end up trading any of their pitchers. But uh, but 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 I mean, the, the similar in my mind, they're both free agents after this season. Uh, they're both cheap for this season and the last year of arbitration eligibility, and they're both going to you know be free agents once again. But um, you know, we acquired Pomeranz and he's left-handed, so I like the option. That to use them either in the uh, as a starter, which we may have to do out of desperation until guys get healthy, like uh, Woodruff, and then have the the opportunity to you know transition them into the bullpen later, like in September or whatnot, uh, to use as a left-hander out of the bullpen. So I guess I'm, with all that being said, I still just am very underwhelmed by this trade, and I guess just to sum up entire deadline activity by Stearns. Um, his job as GM is to make sure that, you know, we have the best players at the major league level. And, um, and, and that's really his main focus. Obviously 
you always have to consider the farm system in mind. I don't think he gave, he did not give up, you know, Trent Grisham or, or Corey Ray or Bryce Strang or any of our real best uh, potential prospects. And uh, Dubon was up there with those guys, but I think he was probably the most expendable uh, because I think we're sticking with Arcia at shortstop moving forward and obviously here yeah. at solidified second base. So the, there wasn't a, a huge need in the organization for Dubon, so he made sense to move on from. I just felt like yeah. I wish he would have targeted someone else. And again, you don't know what happens behind the scenes, but you know, a guy that got moved out of the trade deadline for very little, you know, is a guy like Aaron Sanchez of the Blue Jays, who just a few years ago led the AL and ERA, and I feel still has uh, some potential upside. And not only that, but even more team control beyond this year. And it just saddens me that the Brewers, uh, I guess, didn't ever try to in the last couple of deadlines try to target uh, a starting pitcher with more than just uh, you know you know more than one season of team control someone a young starter right. with some upside well, and you know they just don't have yeah. the ammunition to possibly get it done so it is what it is yeah well, like you point out maybe just it's that Dubon wasn't rated as highly amongst other GMs as as maybe Brewer fans wanted him to be or thought that he might be so I I don't know I I think it I, in an ideal situation Dubon would have gone in a package deal for a better top line starting pitcher of course but um, you know, the depth of the Brewers farm system is becoming a problem. Um, I think that the injury to Corey Ray earlier this year probably hurt quite a bit in the sense that he was not really viewed as being as tradable of a prospect as maybe he was last year when he was having a real breakout season um, in double A. So I, I think I think that that did cause the Brewers. Um, and we didn't want to part with Keston here. So it, it really came down to Dubon being an expendable chip um, that maybe we just didn't have the other pieces to package for a better Frontline starter, as far as the guys that we actually acquired, um, you know, we should point out that Black is going to start his career in the minor leagues with the Brewers. Um, and Pomeranz has not yet made an appearance as a Brewer, but he is with the team at the big league level. Um, so maybe he can recapture some of his success from 2017. Um, and, and maybe David Stearns sees something in him that uh, can be corrected and, and kind of brought back to where he was a couple seasons ago. So um, overall, I mean, I'm going to give Stearns a C, I think, on the deadline. Um, what grade would you guys give him? I go with a C minus. It wasn't C minus. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess Stearns isn't really the type to necessarily like overreach and deplete our farm system any more than he um, than he has to. I mean, he hasn't ever like pushed all in and gotten that that big player to hopefully, you know, get us over the top. But um, this year versus last year, I mean, it, it just seems like it's night and day. I mean, not just record wise, but last year we were, I, I believe I was saying last year that I thought that it was like possibly the deepest brewer team um, in, in my lifetime. I mean, it was just, it was so great to, you know, if somebody yeah. down, you know, somebody else was going to be able to step right back up and uh, from the, whether it's the starting rotation of the bullpen, like that's, that's just not happening at all this year. And so it's, yeah. Well, just to illustrate the point and the difference between the 2018 Milwaukee Brewers and 2019 Milwaukee Brewers. Um, let's see, Zach Davies, uh, Chase Anderson, and Jordan Lyles are now three-fifths of our rotation as we, yeah. as we speak. All were left off the postseason roster uh, for the Brewers. So they're now anchoring our entire rotation. Um, so the different, I mean, it's like the team from last year 
Piston size, this doesn't even exist. I, you're missing Corey Knable. You're missing uh, whatever the 2018 version of Jeremy Jeffers uh, is not here this year. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, Wade, well, Wade, not here. Wade Miley. Wade Miley, in all seriousness. I mean, that guy and Wade Miley is also just staple you know, for a rotation. Let go because of, um, because of that. So, I mean, I mean, no, he was let go. He was let go because he, he heard what you said on the podcast, Craig. That's why he was let go. Gio was also basically half left off the roster because he um, exited with uh, phantom injury, I believe, in the playoffs too. So, yeah. well, I think there was like six trades between July and August last year. There was at least six trades that Stearns made, and now this year, I guess technically made the three. Um, and the amount of quality of player that uh, and was more of, I mean, I mean, basically he was plugging holes. I mean, we also had massive holes in our rotation. Um, we had to use some of our actual uh, depth at uh, the major league level and Jesus to actually plug a hole. Whereas last year we were piling depth on top of depth and inquire, yep. acquiring yep. guys like Curtis Granderson when we really didn't need them, but it was a nice luxury to have going in, knowing that we were hoping can go in the playoffs, that type of veteran player is really nice to have off the bench. We didn't have the luxury of like looking for guys like that this year because we weren't in that like power position that we're just like solidifying our playoff roster. That's what it seemed like last year, even though we of course weren't guaranteed a playoff spot until we actually got in last year. It just felt like we had such a great team last year. And this team just seems to be um outside of obviously Kristen Yelich who's somehow having a better season than his MVP season last year. Outside of him and obviously Moustakas has been a great addition, and even Brandal. But outside of those guys, I mean, really, there's been just disappointment all, all over the place on the roster. So what can you right. do? Well, um, I know we only just have a couple minutes left here. I would like to thank our anonymous source, Tom Carter, for he did predict uh, the Jesus trade to Tampa. So that was pretty impressive. So a little special thanks to our anonymous source, uh, Tom Carter, for oh, that. And uh, Vince? I, yeah. Um, so he did say that after after the fact, like he, you know, we could definitely like let people know, like he had he'd already, you know, we can even tell people that, you know, we had heard rumblings about the trade, but he didn't want us to say his name even after the fact because it would he would lose his really? anonymity. I know it's kind of. I a, just thought we couldn't say our anonymous source, Tom Carter, is saying this like ahead of time. But I thought that after the fact, like, hey, Tom Carter, our anonymous source, said. I got done. I thought it was okay to use it in that order. I think he wants us to like kind of future proof it so that you okay. know next time he has uh, more insider information for us, then we will. Okay. They won't. People won't be. He's actually a pretty humble. He's actually a pretty humble guy. He doesn't really want credit at all. He just said that we can say the stuff like and we can. Well, that's fun, but we'll do better next time. But speaking of of non humble, I would also like to. Um, thank our colleague Tom Hodricourt who posted an article that stated a blatantly wrong fact that Mauricio Dubon was the first player from Honduras to appear in the big leagues. That distinction actually goes to former Houston Astros outfielder Gerald Young. And when called out on this fact, he did end up blocking our account. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm sure our colleague was just having a bad day. It's not like he's always. No, was, so, was Gerald Young ever a brewer? 
No, no, no. Gerald Young was an asshole. Okay, because I know, I know that you're big on the whole brewer fraternity, and, and Martin, Mauricio Dubon did what he did. He had like two at-bats a brewer? Yeah, two at-bats. So Dubon is officially an all-time brewer, yes, sir. And so as much of an idiot as that guy I just mentioned is, the beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I forget his name, yeah. Tom H. or something. It's our uh, colleague. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, he, I guess he technically is the first and only brewer that to be born in. No, 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 no. He said first major league baseball player. That's what he said. First major league baseball player. Oh, that's just, that's just idiotic. It's completely wrong. Right. That's what I said. Yeah. So anyway, not we're not going to thank him as much as our anonymous source, Tom Carter. But He might not um, get a Christmas right, card this year. We gave him no, one before, but... Card. He'll still get a Christmas card. You know, oh. It's going to be like that. Well, but... I guess we are classy after all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, well, guys, this has been a, a good show. Thanks for the analysis here. Um, thanks for all your support out there, fans. Please give us a follow at review one at Twitter. Uh, continue sending your questions to us via email as well, Podcast with an S at gmail.com. Hey, I got one more thing I wanted to say, too. If you're listening to this podcast right now, like, that's awesome. And we totally thank you guys. And, um, you know, I mean, we definitely uh, appreciate it. And we appreciate it even more if you throw out those five-star reviews because they really help us a lot. But more importantly than that, I, I am, I'm legally obligated to say that. But um, even more important than that, like, we have some really great podcasts from um, – former major league baseball players, former Milwaukee Brewers uh, that are just, um, they're just really, really great. Just chats with a lot of these guys and every single one of them was just a phenomenal interview. Every single one of these guests was just an absolute pleasure to just listen to them spin yarns about their playing days. And um, I, I still go back and listen to them because they're so much, they're so entertaining. So really, Seriously, like, just go back and, and check some of those out. Yeah, good call, Scotty. Um, absolutely. And we'll continue bringing you more interviews with players, both current and, uh, and former Milwaukee Brewers, uh, as the weeks go on here, obviously, during the season. We're a little more focused on content that's going on on the field, but we will continue to bring you those uh, as we can. So, all right. Well, with that, um, thanks, guys, for coming on the set. Thank you to our co-host, Chad Collins, uh, wherever he is tonight. And uh, remember to, to stay classy and, and go Brewers. Big series coming up here, guys. Go Brewers. Sweep those cups. Cool. That's right. <laughs> Miller Park. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> da, 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 da.